Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. We have a very dynamic, strong leader with us today, the Republican leader of the New York State Senate, Rob Ort. He took this position in June of 2020. Before that, it was held by John Flanagan, and Rob Ort represents the 62nd State Senate seat. We had on a few weeks ago Ed Rath, a great state senator, and this is his boss, Previous to this, George Maziars had this job, and Rob Ort was the mayor of North Tonawanda. Uh, very strong, strict leader with a great military background, Rob Ort, Robert G. Ort. Let, let's talk about the situation with Andrew Cuomo. Now, a Schneiderman, who was Attorney General of New York State, who beat up four or five uh, girlfriends, Cuomo did not want due process. He wanted immediately Schneiderman removed with, with no hearing, no discussion. He just wanted him out. Now Cuomo has, I believe, to date seven different women who say they've been sexually harassed, many who worked for him. They were brought to his private quarters, uh, one of them, and asked to uh, help him with his cell phone in his private quarters at the governor's mansion. And uh, then he started um, physically abusing this woman. Let's talk about the double standard. Uh, how can you understand that with Schneiderman, Cuomo says no hearing, no due process, out. But with Cuomo, he wants due process. Could you explain this to us, Rob Ort, Republican leader of the state Senate? Well, thank you for having me on, uh, Brian. Um, it's always interesting when I get asked to explain the thought processes of the governor, because, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I can only tell you that the reason uh, for the difference is this governor has long operated uh, on a mantra of, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Right. So what's what what applies to others um, clearly does not apply to him as he sees it. And you brought up uh, former Attorney General Schneiderman who, um, you know, an expose was written about him, uh, that he uh, abused women who he was in 
uh, personal relationships with. And, and ultimately, he resigned as the attorney general uh, because, like the governor, he you know portrayed himself as a champion of Me Too, of women, and he was you know uh, uh, found to be a, a huge hypocrite. Uh, the governor also you know portrayed himself as a champion of Me Too. He he referred to actually he uh, was very critical of uh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh uh, during the uh, the hearing and the allegation that was made against him. Uh, he called for Schneiderman to resign, as you have noted, and yet here he is facing seven separate allegations from women, m- many of whom, most of whom, worked for him. Uh, it was all in the last several years. This isn't like this happened, you know, 20 years ago or something like that. This is recent uh, allegations, recent um, uh, as far as timing goes, and uh, you know he apparently has said not only is he not going to resign, but that the legislature will have to impeach him uh, if they want him out. Uh, and don't forget, he's also facing an investigation, a federal investigation from the FBI and Department of Justice over his uh, lying of nursing home deaths in New York State the, the, uh, d- due to COVID-19, right? There was, uh, he, he withheld information from the public. He was not forthright about uh, the number of, of people who died from COVID in nursing homes. The reason he was not honest about that is that he issued an order last year around this time uh, directing COVID-positive patients to, to nursing homes. So they had to take COVID-positive patients across the state in nursing homes. Uh, so that brought COVID-positive patients into our most vulnerable population as far as this uh, pandemic is concerned. Uh, and then he profited off of a book deal uh, to the tune of seven figures. Um, and all of that is indisputable. And there's an investigation into that. And there's also investigations into these sexual uh, misconduct, sexual harassment, sexual assault allegations. So this is a governor who, is, who is, uh, has been dishonest with the uh, people of New York. He has been uh, a bully. He has threatened not only lawmakers, he tried to smear at least one of his accusers, uh, uh, one of the women who have come forward. Uh, and, and most of these women, <clears throat> Brian, have shown more courage than many of my colleagues in, on the Democratic side of the aisle in both the Senate and the Assembly who were either complicit in the nursing home cover-up or who have been very slow to call for his removal due to these mounting scandals. But uh, he is definitely someone who, again, uh, you know, do as I say, not as I do. You know, one thing I, I'd like to look into, uh, Senator Orton, and I would like to also salute you on your military service. Uh, I think it's wonderful. You were awarded the Bronze Star Medal, Army Commendation Medal, Afghanistan Campaign Medal, and the Combat Infantryman's Badge. Uh, you achieved the rank of First Lieutenant, so I admire you. For your service to the country. I never served. I was on the draft board for 20 years, but I never served. I never put my life at risk. So I admire uh, you for that. Let's talk about this son of Sam law. My understanding is if, if somebody is convicted of a crime, and there are many accusations of criminal behavior here, that they can't make money off a book. Uh, and I, as you said, uh, Cuomo made over a million dollars on this book. 
Uh, can we uh, try to see if we could get the money uh, returned if there's criminal activity? Or even if you could get the money to go to the poor or maybe to people with COVID, that would be a good place for the money to go is for the families of nursing home residents who died when he put COVID positive people on purpose into the nursing homes. Uh, are you looking into that money to go uh, towards people who suffered from COVID? Yeah, it's a great point uh, that you make. And I think that, you know, certainly, um, so I'll say this about, about the, the book deal. So here's what we, here, what we know is, and this is from reporting, that the so the governor was never transparent about the book deal he was never forthcoming about the advance he received he was never he, he never provided anyone a copy uh of a letter that he supposedly got from the ethics board that said he could he could accept uh money for the book deal right because i mean keep in mind he's writing the book this isn't like his memoir that he's writing after he's out of office He's essentially writing a book in the middle of the pandemic about how he's been such a great leader in the pandemic. I mean, at a time when people were losing their lives and their livelihoods, when people's businesses were closing, uh, you know, people obviously were, were losing their lives. Healthcare workers were on the front lines in very traumatic situations. He was profiting. Now, he's the governor of New York. He's paid to lead us through the pandemic. You know, he's not it's not like he was it's not like he was doing some greater service. Uh, he is the governor of New York. When you're elected, as you know, when you're elected as a mayor, as a governor, as a president, um, you know, you might you might be faced with a, a, a pandemic or a, a, a war or a, a fiscal crisis. That's that's the job. You don't you don't get to write a book on you know in the middle of it and say, you know, profit on top of that. I, I think that that raises a whole lot of uh, ethical and legal concerns. Again, we never saw the letter that he supposedly got that said you you can you can do this. Uh, we don't know what the details of the contract were of the advance with the, uh, Crown Publishing, but here's what we do know: we know that sixty five he made sixty five dollars per book. And there were 46,000 copies uh, sold or published. Um, so you do the back of the envelope math. I think it comes out to a little shy of right around $3 million. Um, and I know that the publisher has stopped printing the book, citing the Department of Justice inquiry. And the, the important thing to me is, the July report, there was a July report issued by, by his Department of Health that was, has been reported in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal that administration officials, Melissa DeRosa, as well as others, at the direction of the governor, intentionally changed the report to exclude the true number of nursing home deaths. The, you know, the, the, the doctors, the medical professionals at the Department of Health, they put this report together. They were honest and transparent in the report. And the administration said, nope, we're not going out with this report. We're going to intentionally lie. We're going to, we're going to miscount, underreport the number of deaths 
And shortly after that July report, which was meant to sort of exonerate the governor and say that he had done everything right as far as nursing homes and his response, shortly after is when he signed the book deal. And one could argue, I think, quite cogently that had the real numbers been out there before, he may have not signed that book deal or maybe Crown wouldn't have paid him what they paid him or they wouldn't have been interested in publishing his book that was based on sort of this false narrative. And I say that because as a prosecutor and the FBI and the DOJ are looking into this this whole thing, they might be able to say, you know what, you personally pocketed money, you personally profited from this false reporting. You, you personally profited by withholding public information. That is a crime. That is a crime. Uh, it, it's, it's really classic corruption. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, I think we need to see where that investigation goes as far as that goes. But there's no doubt uh, if there was criminal activity, the proceeds, uh, I would tell you the proceeds of that book should go back to people who lost loved ones, to, you know, uh, you know, helping combat COVID. Uh, maybe he can give it to, uh, you know, people who uh, have been sexually harassed or sexually assaulted victims. of the, I mean, there's all kinds of causes he could give that money back to. Uh, but I definitely think that money should be, uh, should be returned or, or donated uh, because I think ethically, ethically, morally, it is reprehensible that you would profit during a pandemic where so much of your state lost lives, lost their jobs, and yet as the governor he's profiting uh, beyond you know what he's paid as the governor. So I think that should happen from a moral, ethical standpoint. I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath uh, that he will do that. So I think we have to wait to see what comes of the investigation and whether there's any criminal uh, charges uh, uh, brought as a result of that. I guess you could even term this uh, blood money, that this is money made off people's misery. Uh, no doubt. A very, very sad situation. Our guest today is Rob Ort. He is the Senate Republican leader in New York State. And um, I'd like to thank past guests. We had Guy Marlette on this program, former deputy supervisor of Amherst and A.J. Baines, president of the Amherst Chamber of Commerce and for, former and the current sheriff of Erie County, Tim Howard. Coming up, Charlie Joyce, the National Republican Committeeman for New York State. A little bit more information about Rob Ort. He's a politician who's a member of the New York State Senate. He represents the 62nd District, which covers Niagara and Orleans counties. First elected in 2014, he's a Republican. Prior to serving in the New York State Senate, Ort served as mayor of North Tonawanda, New York from 2010 to 2014 and as city treasurer from 2007 to 2010. On June 19, 2020, Rob Ort was named Senate Republican leader, our guest today on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. I'd like to thank Katie Delgado. New York State Republican Chairman Nick Langworthy and Michael Cracker for recommending this program. One thing that uh, puzzles me, uh, Rob Ort, is how did Governor Cuomo, if he was working supposedly 15 hours a day on COVID, 
where did he find time to write a book about his work on COVID if he was having these weekly briefings and he was on national TV every day about COVID? Where did he find the time to do this? Well, well your, your, your guess is as good as mine, Brian. Maybe... Um... Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't sleep, uh, or maybe he didn't take a lunch or something. I don't know. I think I think your your question though belies the uh, the truth, right? Which, which we already sort of know is that instead of of you know focusing on getting our economy back open, instead of focusing on making sure that people you know had the vaccine, instead of focusing on the things that he really should have been focused on. Clearly, he was focused on this book. Um, now, it probably didn't take him too long to write because it's all fiction anyways. But the, the, the point is, it just, again, it goes to, I think, I can't believe there's not more, or at least there's not increased outrage over the idea that you would have the governor of one of the largest states in the country who, if you look at all the metrics, you know, there's people out there listening right now that might think everything I was told was that New York was like the, the standard for how to respond to COVID. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the data, nobody would say that New York is the standard. We still have one of the highest deaths, uh, death totals in the country, if not the, the, the highest. Um, you know, all the metrics, our economic metrics, our mortality metrics, um, our nursing home deaths, you know, the, the spread amongst our elderly, our vaccine rollout, all of these things have been terrible. There are many other states that are way better than New York. And so I think that there was this false narrative um, led by his daily briefings and sort of the fawning over him by some in the press that, you know, because he looked like he was providing leadership, uh, and because of these daily briefings, which were sort of like, I guess, his version of the fireside chat, there was this this feeling that, well, this is this is the gold standard. What we now know under more scrutiny is it was far from it. Right. So the book, the idea that, that, that this book would be a lesson to anyone or that anyone would even believe what's in that book. I mean, he he wasn't even truthful about something as as vital and as important as who you know who died when and where they died now he'll say and some of his defenders will say well they counted them they just didn't count them as having died in nursing homes like as if somehow that's not important here's why that's just completely wrong he did you're right he didn't count them as having died in nursing homes the reason that's significant is in a pandemic where someone gets a disease and where they may succumb to the disease and how they contracted it, that's the whole thing we're trying to figure out. That's, that's how we combat it effectively. So if you're not being forthcoming about where someone got COVID and how they got COVID, then you're, you're really not doing your job, first of all. And also, if you, if you make a mistake as a, a leader that leads to deaths or may lead to deaths, I think you have an obligation to own up to that, accept responsibility, and be honest with people. Uh, and he did not do that. 
So the idea that anybody could pick this book up and read it and think that they were getting some sort of lesson in leadership, um, you'd be better off getting, you know, uh, a, a book at your drugstore or something. I mean, this is, you know, can you imagine, uh, as was said last night, can you imagine, you know, General Patton, you know, uh, at the Battle of the Bulge, writing his memoirs? Or can you imagine, um, you know, Winston Churchill during the Blitz? Right. Writing a, I mean, you know, no, they were busy actually leading, and it wasn't until years after that they wrote a book, maybe, or a memoir. That would be fine. If Governor Cuomo wrote a memoir 20 years from now, um, that'd be one thing. But to write it in the middle of the pandemic, when this was far from over, and to profit while people were losing their businesses and losing their lives and uncertain about their future. Uh, I think is the height of moral, uh, just moral decline and hypocrisy. And I think it tells you a lot about the man in the executive mansion in Albany. Well said. Uh, Our guest today is Rob Bort, the dynamic, strong leader of the Republicans in the New York State Senate. We have a plug here. ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716 835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. If you're listening in North Tonawanda, Montreal, or Northern Florida, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. ESPN Radio has received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand. So drop us a note as we have 50,000 watts of clear channel power blanketing 17 states and much of canada please write to brian rusk espn radio 500 corporate parkway suite 200 buffalo new york 14226 a little bit more information about rob ort state senate republican leader he was born in 1979 he attended saint joseph's Collegiate Institute in Buffalo and graduated from Canisius College with a degree in international relations and political science. Senator Ort and his wife Megan live in North Tonawanda. Now, one thing that doesn't make sense to me, Senator Ort, maybe you can explain it, that Cuomo fudged the numbers on those who died in nursing homes because he was scared that Trump was going to harass him with the Department of Justice, but now exactly that department is breathing down his neck for the misreporting uh, that may have caused 15,000 deaths of our frail elderly. So why was it so horrible for Trump to look into it, and now the same department under Biden is looking into it? I don't understand the double standard here. Well, I think it's it's, um, uh, very clear to me. So, uh, According to Melissa DeRosa, who is the secretary to the governor um, and and essentially the governor's right hand, she had a a closed-door private 
secret meeting with Senate and Assembly Democrats, Mm -hmm. just a handful of them, where she essentially said that they withheld the data that because they withheld the data because they were concerned about a federal inquiry uh, from the DOJ under President Trump. Um, And the interesting thing about that is, to your point, now there is a federal investigation, not an inquiry. They're doing a full-on investigation from the Eastern District uh, U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn. And essentially when I heard her say that, that sounded to me like they were trying to obstruct a potential federal inquiry because they didn't like the president or they thought it would be used against them politically. And, and maybe that's true, maybe it's not. Maybe it would be bad politically, but it would only be bad politically because they were lying, right? It would only be, it would only be bad politically because they weren't being honest. Um, and so that sounds a lot to me like potential obstruction of justice. But here's the more interesting thing. The federal inquiry under President Trump happened, I believe, in August. Mm-hmm. The July report came out in July, or in July the, the DOH report. Right. We know they had the information in July, and they lied on that. So hmm. they, they lied before there ever was a federal inquiry. So not only are they lying, but they're lying about why they lied. Uh, and so I think that's, that, you know, again, warrants a full federal investigation. But there's no question um, they have lost the narrative on this. They've lost control of this. Uh, I hope the FBI and DOJ uh, does a full investigation and gets to the truth. Uh, I hope the attorney general does a full, continues her investigation to try to get to the truth on the sexual harassment uh, allegations. So you have two investigations. Mm-hmm. And now you have a third investigation from the New York State Assembly. They're investigating whether or not there's grounds to impeach him. So you have three investigations into the same person, all paid for, of course, by New York taxpayers. Terrible. Um, it's terrible. Uh, let's talk about one other issue. We have about a minute and a half left, and this is the legalization of pot. And I know a lot of people in uh, uh, Erie County, Niagara County, are scared to go up to Canada at night driving with pot legal, with people swerving high on marijuana. And uh, there's no way of telling if somebody is high or not. They can't do a breathalyzer. Isn't this ridiculous to legalize pot as we'll have traffic fatalities? Well, there's, there's no question. I think what, what's really wild about it is, is they're, they're, they're not doing it for any other reason than, well, they're not, the, the advocates aren't pushing it. They want the revenue, right? And the, the problem is the revenue won't be in for a couple of years. But what you're going to do is you're going to essentially, you're going to have more people using marijuana. You're going to have younger people using marijuana, with, which we already know there's all kinds mm. of data and science that says that's a bad thing. And to your point, you're going to see an increase in traffic accidents and fatalities. Right. And we know that because we've seen that in other states that have legalized recreational use marijuana. So I think there's a lot of pitfalls and challenges that they have not satisfactorily addressed uh, in any of the bills or legislation 
Uh, I'm I, sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. We've learned so much from uh, a great veteran who fought and risked his life for our country, now the Senate Republican leader, Rob Ort. Thank you to Kevin Carr, Director of Production, for the past 15 years, and thank you for enlightening us about this Cuomo investigation. State Senate Republican leader, Rob Ort. Have a great week. Thanks, Brian. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.